Welcome to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, hosted by me, Coach Ben Rosario, featuring the Hoka NAZ Elite athletes, and from time to time, a special guest from the world of running. We talk training and racing, but we also just talk, and we go way deeper than just running. The Midday Treat is your chance to get to know us as people, so follow along and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And now, check out this episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. All right, good morning, Adrian. How are you? Doing well. How are you, man? Oh, I'm enjoying good. my break. Yeah, you should be enjoying your break. You had a long season, man. How um, how did that go just with being so fit in indoors, running 1309, outdoors, running a big PB in the 10,000 and NCAAs, Worlds, Commonwealth. I mean, it was a whirlwind, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of insane, I guess, in my first really, <clears throat> excuse my first really big year, um, at, at least in terms of international competitions. And I knew it, I knew it was going to be a very long season after World Indoors. And um, it was just trying to keep, you know, try. I tried whatever I could do to stay fresh, maybe to, I took a day or two off um, in between seasons just to not just jump over to the next one because I couldn't really take any longer breaks because there's just race, races keep on coming up. Um, but I think it was a yell of an experience, you know, competing at that level. Um, sometimes it was, you know, more learning because this is my first, like I said, my first international exposure really. Um, and I took some a little bit from indoors and and to get into a uh, world world championship in Oregon, which was kind of, you know, tough, I guess. Um, race didn't really go to the way I want to run the race, but um, I use all both those experiences to do, you know, feel more comfortable in Commonwealth Games and, you know, focus on the event that I, I think I'm really good at. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we will get back to the world champs and to the Commonwealth Games and talk about those experiences because I think that'll be a lot of fun. But let's get to know you a little bit. So this is your first time on the NAZ Elite podcast as a member of NAZ Elite. Uh, you joined us this summer and we made that announcement last week. Uh, but you're from South Africa. And I think a lot of people yes. in the United States don't have a, a tremendous amount of knowledge about, about that country and what it's like. And so I would love to know what it was like growing up. I know you grew up in a small town in South, South Africa. Um, tell us about uh, your childhood. Um, I guess growing up, I played, you know, such an intimate community, um, played various different sports. And, you know, we always had an opportunity to participate in these events and your parents never really, uh, never really stood in your way if you want to do something. And I played different sports. Um, until I really, you know, in 10th grade where I really started, um, find, I found something that I actually like. And, you know, all the other sports that I used to play is more team sports, um, like rugby and all that. Um, but I, I soon realized that, you know, I like, I like, I don't like, I, lo I don't like being the reason when, when, when the team does bad thing, I guess. So I always, I gravitate towards running better because I knew, my performance can't really affect anybody else's performance. It's just you and I. And um, yeah, I actually, my brother used to be, you know, competed in running distance cross country all 
all the time when he was still in elementary school, middle school, and um, he just he, he just always loved running. And one day, I don't know, I just started, you know, very bored at home and finished homework and all that. Then I was in tenth grade, so you know, had to finish my uh, schoolwork first. But then on that specific day, I was just so bored, and um, I said, I mean, I might as well just go go with him uh, to practice in. I found out, you know, they, they had a challenge. So you see how far you can turn around for a certain amount of minutes. Let's say you run out and back 20 minutes. And then 20 minutes back, you, you have to see how far you can go out for 20 minutes. And every week you come back and try and go further. And I think the first time I did that, like, it's like, I love this, you know, like I love, <laughs> I like pushing myself and seeing the progress. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you play in team sports and, you know, it's difficult to really understand the progress you, that you've made. Uh, with running, it's a little bit different because you can literally measure yourself up against, you know, time-wise, um, you know, friends or uh, training partners. You know exactly when you uh, improve. And I think, I guess, I gravitate towards that better. And, and and I know that was your older brother. He's, what, a year and a half older than you or so? Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, 18 months. And what? how about the rest of your family? What was family life like? Oh, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, we had a... With, with everybody in South, like in South Africa, for example, like most families are very, like in terms of very communities, I guess social, very social. So you will always, you know, you will always go to your family um, uh, gatherings and stuff like that, you know, from a young age. So um, you are well known and you, like you are well known with your family, who they are and all that. And they're always like, for, especially for like bigger events, I guess Christmas, for example, or Easter then like your entire family comes together and like you always, you know, hang out with them and uh, have fun and enjoy holidays with them. But I mean, like growing up, like I said, I, you know, I've never really had any type of pressure from my parents to do something specific. Um, they, we were as kids, my brother and I, and even my sisters, we were tremendously independent. So we always, we decided what we want to do. Uh, we want to go and get it. We didn't wait for our parents to, you know, show us, um, you know, Let's say, for example, getting accepted into college or whatever. Like I, we all, I, my brother and I, we did all that by ourselves. And I, I guess I like that because now, when I make that move from South Africa to the United States, that helped me tremendously because you know I can stand on my own feet. I know what I have to do if I want to be successful. I know how uh, specific things work um, because, my, like I said, my my parents never really stood behind us every step of the way when we you know, went to college or play sports or none of that. We were, we were very independent as kids and I think I loved it. And I guess I, to some level, I would eventually teach my, my own kids that, that, that concept because I feel like that's very important if you want to explore and go outside your comfort zone. So speaking of coming over, your brother came over to the United States first to attend Coastal Carolina University. How, how do you say his name? N- Nadil? Yeah, Nadil. N- Nadil. So Nadil came yeah. over and uh, started running at Coastal Carolina. Was your thought process to follow him the whole time, or w- how did that decision get made in your mind? All right. Um, I think you know, I wanted to. The thing about back home is, you know, there's not as much scholarship opportunities. You're gonna at least back then you're gonna start your life and you know go to school. And eventually you're going to make study loans and you have to pay those back once you start working, whatever, whatever. And my brother went and I think my, my biggest thing at that point, I, I didn't even consider running like that. I didn't, my idea was never to, you know, 
become a great runner because I didn't know what what it was gonna be like. You know what I'm saying? I just know yeah. like I'm I do pretty well in running, and I would imagine I I can improve. But like improving improvement wasn't as that wasn't like you know regularly on my mind. I have to improve. That's the reason why I go over, win over. For me, it was more about exposure, getting out of my comfort zone, knowing as well that I would be in a full scholarship and I would start my life with zero debt. And that was, I think, my my biggest motivate, motivator to, you know, move to the U.S. And I mean, like I said, my like you said, my brother was there too. And that made, that made the decision a little bit easier too, knowing that, you know, if I do struggle, I have somebody that, that has been uh, experiencing those things. So when you're over there in South Africa and you guys decide to go to Coastal Carolina, I know part of the reason was because of the coach, Zola, Zola, right. uh, well, we know her as Zola Bud, uh, who was the right. former world record holder, 1984 Olympian, very, very famous runner. Right. Um, did right. you guys know much about the college running scene in America or did you just get recruited and okay, we'll get scholarship. This sounds great. We'll go to coastal Carolina. Was there any other possibilities? Um, I guess there was possibilities, but I never really understand college running like that. Like I said, running I, in the beginning, and I'm, I'm just being honest right now. In the beginning, I wanted to use running to help me financially. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yep. um, paying, knowing that my parents won't have to pay for college. I don't have to make debt student loans if I uh, do get a, a scholarship, I guess. And But I didn't know a thing about NCAA running. And um and obviously, like a lot of people ask us in the beginning, like, why do you choose coastal of all places? You know, like, I just didn't know what, what is what. All I knew is like, it's a division one school and that the, like division one is the best. And I guess knowing that, you know, I would get a full scholarship, which, you know, if I do well, would be renewed every year and I can start my life without with zero debt. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really glad I made the decision because I know some of my friends, you know, have to pay debt off for long times. Well, you and Nadil kind of dominated the Sun Belt. Was it fun to get over there and start crushing? I mean, you guys went one, two in a bunch of races. Right. Yeah. In the beginning, it was kind of, you know, I was still dealing with injuries when I got back when I first came here. And obviously, and, and I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why I really started getting really good, like with the end of my college career, is because Zola really kept Yalda's back, trying to focus on getting healthy and making sure that, you know, we don't run with injuries. And, um, so, you know, we couldn't really train to the maximum um, of our, at least our potential because like she kept us, yelled us back to make sure that we first recover from injuries and we can build some continuity or consistency. And um, that paid off eventually when she didn't coach me anymore. So, and that's why I attribute a lot of the, my at least recent success in, uh, in, in university, a lot goes to, to her for sure. Otherwise, I probably would still have been injured like a lot of coaches sometimes, you know, I've heard so many stories about, you know, people running with injuries all the time. My friend went to uh, CBU and he told me about like some some of the coaches are brutal, you know. So I'm really grateful that I met her and I could have, you know, got first and then performance afterwards. So you you had this wonderful experience with Zola, who you know, fellow South African, really took care of you. Then you absolutely. Then you- then you end up transferring to Florida State, where you end up with another fantastic coach, Bob Brayman. Right. Um, tell me about that process of choosing Florida State. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I was probably gonna, I would have stayed at Coastal if um, if Zola stayed, but you know, for he, for her, it like she really wanted to focus specifically on cross country. She didn't really want to do too much about track because the passion was cross country. Um, 
being a two-time cross-country world champ, like I guess that was ingrained. So she just wanted to work with um, cross-country for the most part as a like at least head coach of cross-country. She didn't initially wanted to take the head coach, like the director of track and field job, um, because she wanted to focus specifically on distance running and like she would like she out South Africans. Um, but she helped me actually. She and the previous head coach of, of Coastal Carolina, uh, Coach Connie, um, they knew Brayman. At least Coach Connie knew Brayman, and Coach Connie told Zola about him. And I actually wanted to look for something where I can go, where it's like kind of hot. I don't like cold weather that much. I, at least I be, I'm better about it now. You know what I'm saying? Like in the beginning, I was just, I grew up in hot, like hot summers and pretty like moderate winters, not really that cold. But now, like, I'm more open to moving, you know, to different parts of the country and experiencing different elements. Because I think wherever you go, there's certain areas where you're going to, where this going to help you. Let's say go to a cold place, for example, which Arizona sometimes could be. But I feel like that's a new challenge for me to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and become even, use that to become better. And I guess that's how I end up with, you know, with Coach Braber with Florida State. I knew they're going to offer me a scholarship. I wanted to do my master's. Um, and I, like I said, it's still at that point where I'm like, I just, you know, I want to get a master's and I wouldn't have to pay any, none, you know, I would have zero debt. So like I said, that, that was a huge guideline towards that, you know, coming to the U.S. and knowing there's opportunities. Um, and, you know, I met Brayman and after my first race, he came over to me and he just said, I, oh, um, you're going to be a way better runner than I thought. That's all he said. And, um, <laughs> Because he just wanted to use me like for cross country for the most part since NCAA was coming to uh, Tallahassee. And so he was trying to recruit people like he recruited me, Ahmed, to build the squad and make sure that we will uh, compete at nationals and, you know, do well. And so that was his goal in recruiting and offering me that scholarship. Well, before we get into some more running stuff at FSU, how, how, what, what was uh, undergrad and, and, and your master's? What, what, what was your passion in terms of academics? I actually initially, when I was back in South Africa, I, I wanted to do, you know, you guys call it marine science. Oh, I, we just call it water science, whatever. I, I wanted to do that growing up. It was my first choice, always have been. Um, but then I made the switch in high school and I um, one of my classes that I took, I made a change from, because I realized I didn't need uh, physics to do water science. I just need math and biology, at least back home. And so I dropped physics and I took a business. I took business and from that moment, I was well behind of everybody and like I just fell in love with business because I don't have to, it doesn't feel like I have to study so much. It's just everything comes to me by myself. So yeah, I guess that's how I end up doing business in my undergrad, was in business as well in focus in operations management. But then I moved to my master's and more specifically, I wanted to focus on because I feel like supply chain is in huge demand and I wanted to specifically focus on supply chain. I actually wanted to work for, for the military um, it was one of my goals because I know like, you know, military um, supply chain is, is huge, like in, in uh, military and all that. Um, but I also realized that, you know, you're not always going to do what you, you're not always going to find. And, and this is obviously before I knew I was going to go professional. Like my goal was uh, strictly like what I can do, like academically and all that. And um, I end up, you know, choosing supply. I had a bunch of professors that, you know, I all regularly talked to in my undergrad and said like, this is, you know, I, I knew this is what I want to do, um, but I and I needed some guidance from those professors, and I I am obviously grateful for that. So, and I am soon soon I'll be graduating with my master's in supply chain. 
yeah, you have one more semester, right? Or one more class. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Then I'll, then I'll be a, a, a seminal graduate. Nice. And, <laughs> and uh, again, we'll get back to running stuff. What is your brother doing now? So he's back in South Africa? Yes, he is back in South Africa. Um, he got married in December. Um, he finished his undergraduate coastal, moved back to a uh, university of Western Cape, I think. And he did another year there for he's currently busy with his honors, honors, um, like in the U S you just like, at least in my understanding, there's only from your undergrad, you go to masters, um, back in South Africa, you have to do your undergrad, then you do your honor degree and then you can do your masters. But like, I mean, it's the same time, uh, time span. If you, if you were to do your masters here, it end up being six, seven years in the same back home, even if you do your honors because it's only one year and that's what he was what he's doing right now um he's still running um he's been struggling with injuries but you know he has an entire new life not new life but you know there's more important things now like he got a wife and you know he's trying to find a, he's after his honors he's, he said he's trying to teach um at a college or whatever so he's going to continue studying and running and you know living a happy happy married life <laughs> Good, good. When I remember when I first saw you guys at Coastal, I thought you were twins. I, I bet a right. lot of people. I bet a lot of people thought that. Yeah, yeah. They always ask us like they literally called us twins. Like people just <laughs> didn't know. And I mean, we never really had a problem with it because even back home, people always told we were twins. So yeah. you know, at some point, my hair I grow it up a little bit. He always likes his like schoolboy cuts, or whatever number <laughs> ones. And there's how they like oh, just keep it like that so that we can be able to distinguish between who's <laughs> who. That's right. How uh, yeah. how competitive were you guys together? Because I mean, obviously, you race uh, together all the time. Yeah, we were very competitive. Like, and it's, I think for me, it was very easy. I think it might have been harder for him because, like, he's eighteen years, uh, eighteen months older than me, at least academically wise, two years. Um, and you know, I never really felt that I had to beat him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never really felt that I had to beat him. I close. I oh, I closed the gap. Like in the different level or whatever, I become better and closer to him. But I never really feel that I needed to beat him because I feel like he's older than me. He's always going to be, you know, looking up to your brother and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I trained with him. We were very competitive in, like, time-wise. Like, we have to hit these things, and, like, if we want to be better. Like, and that's the thing. We have full um, belief in Zola. We believe, like, in, we, uh, I guess we understand that, you know, she's a, she was a world-class athlete and, um, although she didn't really wanted us to see our goal was always when the first came there my goal is to make you better for after college that was a main goal and that's why she focused strictly on getting healthy because you can't run after college if you are injured all the time you won't be able to get consistency and you know in the beginning it was hard then I had an injury and then he got an injury and then I trained by myself but then we end up like both the healthy and training really well the last last 18 months was at Coastal was you know with Zola, it was incredible because we were healthy and we were, that's when we started like competing, make our first appearances in the NCAA. And if we weren't healthy, we wouldn't have been there. And um, we end up competing there and everybody like starts seeing like this, never seen coastal people like running distance at nationals. Um, and two of them too, which and they like look very similar too. <laughs> and, um, and we always like to run really hard. We like, we like pushing ourselves. Like, like we don't want, because we feel like if you go into a race, right, you know, you've trained so hard for like, I don't know, nonstop winters, winter seasons, you know, build mileage and you scale down and you work really, really hard. And then you end up running a race, you know, run, run a 5K and you run 15 minutes almost. 
you know what I'm saying? Like we don't, we didn't, we was like, there's a weight of your hard work. And we all, and that's why I'm, I'm still like that. I like to run hard and make sure that, you know, that I actually achieved for what I trained for. I don't want to, you know, I obviously winning is like, as I grow older, winning has become a, a model thing about that. So like you can't, you have to win too, you know? And I, and when I got to Brayman, like he had the experience and all that and he helping me refine my, my, my front running, um, and understand that, you know, if you sit back a little bit, you still, that, that's the quality of NCAA. If you sit, just wait a little bit, um, get comfortable, make sure it's almost halfway, and then you strike and you can run hard. And, and I guess I ref, that helped me refine my tactics way better. You know, I, I was still learning when I was in the NCAA um, because it's just, I feel like it's professional running these days. You know, everybody is just at a very, very high level. And, you know, if you if you're gonna go right, you're gonna run right from the front. Um, it's gonna make it harder for you to position well. But I never really like I was never scared. And that's the thing that helped me. I was never really scared. So even if I hurt, I mean, whatever. You know, at that point, like next time I will go further. Um, and that's how I used to. You know, Raymond obviously always talked to me about that and make sure that I do the best, like that I perform to the best of my ability and not you know you know, go out in 2.30 and end up being 10, you know, we, because position was important, but times was important as well. Yeah, that's what I remember about watching you at Coastal, you and your brother, you, regionals, I remember always you were up front, right. always took the, Ex- took the exactly and just led people right. around. And, and, and then right. at the national meet, if you look at your results from Coastal compared to FSU, I think that's the biggest difference is right. how you exactly. performed at the national level. So, what what was the big learning? Uh, what what did you learn from that time at Coastal when your national performances were were not so good to then at Florida right. State when obviously you had tremendous success? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. In the beginning, like I said, it was a new experience, so we learned, we had nothing to lose. It was just you know trying run as to the best of our ability and what we are our strengths, and it's running hard and you know it was hot and was a new experience and we just wanted to go out there and enjoy, enjoy ourselves and represent um, everybody that worked with us. Um, but then when I moved to uh, FSU, I become, like I said, I trained in a much more healthy and trained much, there's better consistency. So I could have get me, I got on myself on a really good level, uh, fitness wise. And um, in the beginning I was still like, because I was still, um, training was really well, went really well and I was strong, I guess. And I was still, you know, I still wanted to run fast. And um, even my first races for FSU, I went out hard and died towards the end. But I got better as it moved on. Um, and as we moved towards national national races, the goal was, you know, there's, there are people that's fast. You, so you don't really have to run like what Wesley Kipto as well. You didn't really have to run that fast because you're going to go out regardless. And then that's towards my strengths. And that's why I always followed him. And I guess he's like, he literally shifted the way, you know, we run cross country meets and long events like 10Ks and 5Ks because he was just, you know, go out full, go full out. And I always just follow to make sure I get, you know, fast times, but good positions. And I always talk with Brayman and he wanted me to refine it a little bit and not, you know, just go out hard and, you know, blow towards the end, but manage it better, you know, because you can still run towards your strengths the second half of the race, as long as the pace is like as long as the pace is honest from the beginning and always wanted to make it honest and the second half if you feel strong you can 
push away. And I used it in bigger, bigger NCAA meets. And, you know, um, and that helped me a lot in placing well. When, when you got to that level and were competing up front, uh, when did you start thinking, okay, I can win one of these things? Um, I guess, to my surprise, like the very first national meet was for me was at least it's a seminal was the indoor meet. Um, nationals, national indoors, and you know I've never placed high, and it was my first time, and I end up I, if it's a if I you know I could have easily been second, right? Um, but I end up being fourth, but I could have easily been second. Um, and I realized, oh, I mean, I am way better now than what I I'm way better than what I was. And I need to be a little bit, you know, closer to the front end, but also not too fast. If the pace is just ridiculous, um, just, you know, stay in touch almost. And if they're trying to slow it down, keep on pushing. And I realize, you know, if I keep on, if I will be consistent continuously, then I can definitely be some of the top, like one of the top runners in the country. And, you know, two, three days after that meet, we went to nationals, cross-country nationals in Oklahoma. And, um, you know, I luckily had zero press on me and Raymond told me, good Raymond told me that even a top 15 today would be very successful because, you know, I placed fourth on Friday, um, you know, anything All-American, but mostly top 15, then it will be a huge success. And I was like, okay, you know, that I think, you know, I've been running with Kipto, like the, you know, very, very, very good guys in like the leading up to, to that. And I, I understand, you know, if I run a bit smarter, I can definitely, you know, be top 10 even. And, but I never thought I was really going to, because I, I knew my fitness was there. And, you know, I soon realized that the course was very favorable to me because I like heels and I, I like running hard. Like I said, I like pushing myself. And, you know, when everybody's struggling, who is, you know, who's who got a guts, you know. And and I run a raining dead meet and Wesley Kipto and Conor Mans and I was like, I can, I can, you know, in my mind is like, you know, I can be top five today, you know, and I broke away with, with the leading pack and I end up being three of us now. I was like, I can really be top three today if I just stay here and it's, we continue moving on. It's like, you know, I, I can win this thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, because it's five, six, seven Ks. I still feel pretty good, but I obviously I started feeling the hills and like everybody did. And Corner Manchester had another gear that I, I thought I would have had, but I didn't. But I end up being second, and I from that point onwards, I you know I look at myself and I said like you know I am nationally competitive now. I can go out at these events and you know just um, compete with these guys. And I you know and eventually, like I said, I end up running like I'm the guy. I'm like the last the last year. I am the guy that run the fastest in the season. You know because I that's always what I what indoors I ran when I ran you know thirteen. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when I ran thirteen oh nine. Um, that was the far. That was the leading time in the NCAA, and the same with the 10K. So I, I knew I am strong. I knew I'm fast. I knew I can run. You know, leading times in the NCAA's, which I never thought would be possible. So I knew I would be able to compete with anybody on the national stage. Talk about the race indoors uh, up against Abdi Hamid Noor in that 5,000 uh, this past indoor meet. So it's the 2022 indoor championships, right? Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, after coming, like I said, after running 1309 during this during the season, uh, you know, I knew that, you know, Nationals normally is not is not a time trial setting. You know, it could be literally be anything. It could be slow and it could be starting fast. It could literally be anything. And I knew for me to even stand a chance, it has to be fast. 
um, because I, I'm strong, I'm fast, I've shown that with running the leading time at that point. Um, and I knew for me to even stand a chance, I has to, the race has to be fast. And I came, I came there, feel pretty good. Wesley just took off and like 2.30, like, I was like, what is this? Like 2.35 first K. And I was like, okay, I mean, this is in my favor. And um, I, that's what I want. I was like, that's exactly what I want. And then, you know, towards 3K, maybe a couple, before 3K, they start slowing really down. Like, and I was like, I, I don't like this because I, I want to run at least like 7.55 to 3K or 7.56 to 3K to make it sure like I can still push from that point onwards. Um, and we end up running 8.05 to 3K. And I was like, I need to, you know, and that's where I started taking the lead. I was like, I'm, I'm not having that. I want to run towards my strengths. And that's very, if, if that means leading, that's what I'm going to do. And I end up running, you know, picking the pace up and running fast towards the end. Um, but, you know, I, and I was really close to, uh, to Abdinir because like he was pulling away and I was like, I'm not like, this is what I trained for all year. Like I, I want this, you know, and it's just like every time when I come close, I pick it up. Every, I was like, I'm not going to drop. Like I want to be competitive. And I talk, I talk myself through it. It's like knowing that, you know, I compete with these guys. Some of them I beat, I always beat it cross country. Some of them, you know, um, I know I came over strong cross country season, even with Abdihan, Abdinir. So I knew if it's fast, I have endurance, I have strength. Um, and he ended up every time when I come close, he made a further push, he made a further push, and I made a further push, and I hang tight. Like I didn't drop until the last 400. And he just took off, he, you know, and I was, I was still close. I, I was still running strong. But like I said, I'm strong. So even if I'm tired, I can still, I can still, I can still hold it through. And I thought I was going to be second, but the last 200 was just, actually last 100 meters was just, you know, horrendous, I guess. Horrendous in the sense that I was just so tired because I was working so hard leading and making sure the race is honest. And I mean, even if you run a tactical, if you run 13-20 in a tactical race, you're going to hurt towards the end. You know what I'm saying? Because 13-20 by itself, you know, fast-paced races are very fast. But then running 13-20 in a tactical race where you run like 805, 806, which is well under, like, it's too slow if you want to run 13-20. So I knew the pace was going to pick up, and um, I got caught the last 100. But I was satisfied with it because I knew, like, everybody of these guys, they can go out and they can say, like, I I made them I made them run out of their skins. You know what I'm saying? I made, I made They can look at me and say, like, I respect this guy because every time I'm going to beat him, I'm going to hurt real bad. Yeah, I think there was a level of respect among all of you guys, Abdi Noor, yourself, right. Wesley, um, even some of the young athletes like Nico Young. Um, right. The NCAA level is so high now that I think the jump to the professional level and running at events like World Indoors, World Outdoors, Commonwealth Games, it's not as big of a jump as it used to be. Would you agree with that? And how did the NCAA experiences prepare you for those World Championship and Commonwealth Games experiences? Absolutely. I think, like, in double it's such a high level making the jump to the next like next uh, phase of running it's you know it's i guess it's it's almost normal these days you know what i'm saying like because the NCAA is just so hard like you can run 1309 in the NCAA and still not win the championship you know what i'm saying so it is really at a high level and and it does make you the experience in the NCAA help you a lot in making a uh, towards professional running and um that experience definitely helped me a lot and I'm like I like I said I'm kind of glad that I went to all that um, NCAA's because you know it make you want to run faster and if you don't you're not gonna be competitive and I always knew that in training like if I can't run fast at least if I can't run fast I won't be competitive that's a fact 
and well, I use it in. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Let, let's let's gloss over world indoors because that was kind of not going to be good for you to go from NCAA's and then all the way over to Serbia and run world indoors the next week. We we all we knew that was going to be tough. You got some experience. Okay, now we move to the outdoor season, long outdoor season. You run a fast ten thousand. You run NCAA's. A little bit disappointing, maybe in the right. ten and the five. Uh, but then you've got world indoors and Commonwealth Games. So now you're at the highest, highest level. I, I think it would be fun for the fans to just hear about what were the world championships like in Eugene? How was the vibe? How nervous were you? What was the crowd right. like? Just It's the first time world champs have been in the United States. So what, what was the entire experience like? Right. I guess for me personally, coming off of World Indoors, I knew it's a, it, this is a different level than, you know, perhaps NCAAs. Um, and I knew I, I want to use that experience to get better in Eugene. I knew I qualified for World Champs, but I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to compete well because I, I, I understand now how these people run. And um, leading into, into NCAAs after, after a long season, you know, very tired, um, trying to see if I can get a break, but never really. Um, but you know, I was excited about World Champs because you know it's my first time. It's in Eugene, amazing crowd and facility. You want to do well. Um, the experience was amazing, like the crowd and all that. Um, and I went out there and I was like, you know, for me, I have to have a goal. I can't just be like I was when I first went to the NCAA's. When I was like, I have nothing to lose. Um, you know, I can run as hard as I want. There, I feel like for this was a little bit bigger stage. You know, you wanna, you have to ever go. You can't just go like a headless chicken and you know just <laughs> run like crazy. And um, for me, I just wanted to make the. My goal was first to make the final, and um, it was an amazing experience. Um, I didn't end up making the final, but I I learned a lot from. I learned a lot from them from from that knowing that you know, I can be in a really good shape, thirteen twenty, thirteen fifteen shape. And I run 13.45 in a heat and I don't make it. You know what I'm saying? And so next time that I learn from that is use to your, run to your strengths. You don't have to be crazy. You don't just make sure you run 13.20 pace. And um, because if you do that, then it, it takes a lot, a lot of other people that don't run that fast. It takes them out of the equation and you stand, you stand a better chance to make a final. Um, very disappointing. But I mean, it was my first time world outdoors and I was like, Really cool experience, and you know it was everything I always hoped it would be. Um, you know, people look at you as a high-level athlete, and you know you get that respect from everybody. Um, and I use that, you know, a little bit disappointing. No, my workouts have been well, but I'm tired. Um, but I'm gonna use that as a as a for Commonwealth Games, and I was like, I'm tired, but I I still feel like I have something left. And um, I did some really good workouts, you know. And I knew when I stepped on the track, I could be, I could be running really fast in the same game at Commonwealth yeah. Games. Yeah, tell me about the the time between World Champs and Com Games because before we came on, you said that you had one workout in between, close to Com right. Games, that kind of told you, okay, I'm back, I feel good, I feel ready. What was right. that work? What was that workout? I did, you know, I've been like I said, I've been training really well for for the five k for World Outdoors. Um, so I trained five k specific work, and um. Run, run one case really fast. Try and run, you know. And I didn't get out what I wanted to for for the at least for the training that I put in. I can't be running like thirteen forty five and I'm in thirteen twenty safe or thirteen fifteen safe. And I was like, I'm still fit. That's what I knew. And I did, I did a workout, 
um, four days, three days before the race, and I did four by one k, and I rest a little bit, um, and I did, but I cut it down. I ran like two forty, two thirty nine, um, two thirty seven, two thirty five, two thirty five, and you know under one minutes for the three four hundred that I did after that. And I knew okay, my speed is there. Um, I'm never really gonna have to run this pace because ten k is long, and you know it's a little bit slower. And I guess that made me feel way more relaxed because I I don't you know, and I. From the start, the pace was off really well, and I knew okay today I'm gonna run fast because I feel good. The weather is good, crowd is amazing. There's nothing really you can complain about. In the calm games, when we when I looked at the videos and the pictures, it looked like that stadium was huge. How loud was that uh, during the ten thousand at the calm games? It was crazy, like it was buzzing, and you know from the start there was a guy from the, uh, an English guy took the pace off and like the crowd was buzzing because it was like you know it's an english guy and it's like on home soil and everybody go crazy and, like the first it's almost like a bit chaotic like you know just so many different sounds and screams and you know i talked even with um guy robinson he's like at some point is this one of the quiet forests where you can run and just but it was just buzzing 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 but i would i will say though is that uh, that la- I mean, I didn't mind it. Like it made me feel better. Like it's support, you know. In the last five laps, when you were hurting really, really bad, then the crowd came out. They came true for you, but it was so loud. Like I said, some of the people said, like, you feel like you can go crazy. Like it's just so loud, and it's big. Like you know, it's a huge stadium. Like the sound wave around you, like so, so loud. Um, but you know, you gotta manage that as well. Like if you, like when I was taking the lead. I was like, you know, don't run based on the crowd because you're going to run yourself into the ground. And I was like, just, I want to keep the race honest. That's all. I'm not, I have come way too far, you know, run a fast, run really well to 5K. Now the pace just slow down. And I was like, I, I can't do that. Like I'm right on my way to run pretty fast. And I was like, so I think that took the lead for like five laps or something. And I was like, you know, at least I kept the pace honest and I ended up running fast, pretty fast. And must my PB with three seconds. So I was pretty pretty stoked about that. It's pretty cool, though, during the course of this podcast to hear that, you know, when you were at Coastal Carolina, a nobody, uh, right. you were taking the lead in races, and that was kind of your MO and pushing the pace. And then right. now at the end of the podcast, we're talking about you taking the lead at the Commonwealth Games against Kiplimo right. and these amazing athletes who have, had all these accolades and and you're still running in the same way right. with the same uh mindset uh, uh, that got you there right. so that's pretty cool um what i liked about that race is that even when the win and let's say the podium got away from you because of the let's just let's just say it they ran an amazing last k you didn't you didn't right. give you didn't give up and i think that's why you got fifth instead of seventh or eighth you, right. you kept your foot on the gas and you ran as fast as you possibly could. How hard was that to do when the leaders got away a little bit? I think when they got away, you know, I knew there's like two Ks, six laps to go. And I knew like, you know, I don't have to go quickly with them because like the pace has already been on us. And, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm, I because there was people close to me and I didn't want to let up. And I was like, you know, the worst I can do is get, I can get fourth here actually. And I, I was just pick it up gradually. And, you know, the crowd, like I said, the crowd was so loud and screaming. And I was looking around, like, see, like, the front runners making moves. And that was causing the loud noises. 
It was like buzzing, buzzing. I was like, okay, maybe I can use this to my advantage, you know, and run on a rhythm based on that crowd. Because now it's five laps, so you can run based on the crowd. That's what's pushed you the last five laps. And um, I was three guys pride at me, and I was like, I am not going to let up. I, I want to run fast, but I also want to position well. I've come a long way, and um, it's a privilege to be there. And I was like, I keep on pushing. And I was like, okay, when each lap goes by, like there's a little gap that I make of the guy behind me. And I, I'm actually catching the guy in front of me, the Kenyan guy. And um, he ended up being like a second in front of me or something, or two seconds. So that motive, that yelled me too because I was like, okay, I, I can say something now. I can say something in front. There's target in front of me. Um, what I, what me being the target from a target from people behind me, I used the guy in front of me as my target, and that helped me, you know, get away from everybody else that was behind me. I love it. I love it. So you're ready to go now. You've got this great experience. As you look to 2023, what are the events that stick out in your mind as you're as you're laying in bed daydreaming? What are the events in 2023 that you're looking forward to most? I think, you know, I oh, like I said, I always, I've been coached by Zola, but world-class cross-country runner. They had two titles and, you know, I built a unique love for cross-country. And I, and I thought, you know, if I can go to world cross-country, they will be amazing because I've never been. And um, that's, I think that's one of my goals right now, you know, um, making that uh, national team to go to world cross-country champs. Um, but also, and use that, you know, to run fast in my upcoming track events. Um, and, uh, eventually getting ready and run fast to qualify for world champs in Buda, Budapest in Hungary. So it is world cross country. And then, you know, right now on the top of my mind, it's world champs in uh, Hungary. I love it. I love it. Okay. And you're on our team now. So talk yes. a little bit about going pro and, and joining the group and Hoka and uh, Alan and just what, what you're excited about. Um, You know, it was, like I said, it was a dream come true. Like uh, 18 months before, you know, before this, I didn't know if I, I, my mind was specifically just focused on academically, how I can get a really good job and use my, you know, my masters to get a really good job. And then I realized, you know, within a year I can go pro if I keep on, you know, running fast. But and then I, it actually became a reality and it was awesome for me for the opportunity that I got from, from Hoka. And, you know, it's just, like I said, you know, from my first day with, with the group, NAZ, the group, the people are just so amazing. Everybody you work with, you know, everybody you work with, they if, um, seems like they are very passionate about what they do. And that makes it easier for you to join because everybody just always want to help you. And on my visit, I knew this is the group that I probably will join just based on, not even based on many things, just the people. Because sometimes we work with um, le- can tell you about a lot about how the enjoyment would be eventually. How would you how would you love running for this brand and this group? Um and if you end up not liking it or you know there's too many you know people um that you know as as it's not you know you can't get along with them uh smoothly and that there's a huge of huge effect on your performance. And I knew you know this is a place that seems like everybody's everybody enjoyed it passionate about running and they always want to yell. And I thought if I can join this group, you know, I can, I haven't had this opportunity before. This is a unique opportunity. And uh, joining the group was very exciting for me. And, you know, and even going back to world, world champs and um, Commonwealth games, I know like I'm a professional runner now, just like everybody else in this field. And I'm representing my team and my the company that I run for Hoka. And I proudly does so because I didn't have this opportunity and now I do, and I gotta make the most out of it. And um, 
and you know, like I said, it was a unique experience joining the group, knowing that I can, I'm, I'm a professional runner and try and always get better. Well, we're so excited to have you, and we were very, very pleased to add Olin as well. So now we've got somebody like yourself uh, who's had so much success and and really, you know, kind of, I, th I think you said it earlier, the 10,000 is probably your best event. Then we bring in Olin, and his best event is probably the 5,000. We've got Wesley, we've got Alex, Matt, Tyler, Nick. So we've got this huge gamut of of people with a variety of talents but they're all really really good good um I, i'm certainly excited to watch all of you guys training together and i think you know the goal for everybody is 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 to try to make that world championships team and uh world champs team for hungary and so you, you guys will be training together and i think there will be other people wanting to run world cross as well so we've got right. a lot of, lot to look forward to uh next year for sure uh, we know that you have to finish up your master's in Tallahassee um, and then you'll be out here uh, joining us, maybe in the cold weather, Adrian, but you said you yes, can handle yes, it. Sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I'm very, I'm very excited. You know, but that's a new, new challenge for me. I, like I said, I like challenges. Even the first, I did a, like the first workout I did uh, in Arizona. I've never trained in altitude in my mind. Like, I don't care. Like this is used. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like pushing myself. Like I've never been in this situation. I want to see how well I can handle it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And um, um, and that's always how I go about business, you know, try and get the best with and not be afraid because sometimes, you know, you are afraid and you don't achieve the, the things that you can actually. And so, you know, I use that in every single time when I, a new environment, I put myself and I test myself and see that and, and always like I am very, I'm very, I guess, aware of um, where I've been and where I've, where I've been and where I'm now. And I always use those things. Um, to measure what I can actually accomplish in the future. Well, one last thing that comes to mind when you say that is the opportunity that you have to become one of the best runners in South African history. What does that mean right. to you? That that is amazing. Like when I like, like I said, when I you know I've never been really looked at that um at least in that way because I was just like like it's always about I don't care what like what somebody else think about me as long as I show improvement and development as an athlete and you know running a time that almost broke the South African record. Um, I mean, at least I did break the first uh, South African record in the indoor 5K. And that was pretty special for me. And I will keep on wanting to inspire me to want to, you know, run faster, run faster. And uh, South Africa was pretty excited about the Commonwealth result and seeing that I, I can I still run fast. It's not just a once-off thing. I can show consistency. And that's important to me since I made the move from, um, I realized how important consistency is when I made the move from Coastal Carolina to Florida State, and I knew, you know, you I want to show consistent, consistent performance. Me, not once off. I work every day. I can't have, you know, running once off times or once off. So I, I like to be, um, get out there and present South Africa, um, like nobody else has ever done. And my goal is always to, you know, it's always special competing for that. But you know, like I said, I have a new group now. You know, I joined Hoka. You know, they give me everything I need to perform well. I don't have an excuse. Um, and now with that in your national form, national uniform, it's pretty special to, you know, knowing you don't have no excuse. You can just run hard. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Adrian, for coming on. I know the others were on last week on the Die Stat podcast, and now we had you on. We're trying to get everybody uh, a chance to um, kind of show their personality to the fans. 
And then when you guys get going and start racing uh, later this fall and into next year, you'll have this giant fan base behind you supporting you. And uh, yes, we're sir. certainly we're certainly excited about everything that you're going to do. Yes, sir. very excited. I'm very excited. Things ahead. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Thanks, Adrian. See you. Enjoy your break. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I'm Addison Rosario, Coach Ben's daughter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NAZ underscore Elite. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on NAZElite.com. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Midday Treat with NAZ Elite.